Imagine sometime in eternity when the whole throng will say, Hallelujah! And it might echo for a million years. Just one hallelujah, just echoing for a million years. And then another one. And another one. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray this morning as we humble ourselves before You that this worship service and study this morning will just be a a little token of our hearts saying hallelujah that you would prepare a bride for your son and even offer your own spirit to make us beautiful and perfected for him We welcome your discernment here this morning, Holy Spirit. You go up and down these tables this morning and impact our hearts and minds with the critical issues of discernment. To know the truth from the false and the lie from the truth and the error from the truth. so that when we walk out of this place, You truly will be, Holy Spirit, what, you, what You're here to accomplish, and that is a guide and a comforter. So we just ask You to make us alert, make us ready to receive Your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning is the fifth message on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And the name of the message this morning is Try the Spirits. Try the Spirits. And sticking with our theme this morning is Spirit of Truth or spirit of error or spirit of truth. Spirit of error or spirit of truth. How many spirits are there? How many spirits do you see on the board? I see two. The, try the spirits. You open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to read six verses. This morning our, we'll have four tests that we'll be getting from the first six verses of 1 John chapter 4. Four tests for the Spirit. 1 John 4 verse 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 
Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Again, as the board has this morning, these two spirits, spirit of error or spirit of truth. By the time John wrote these words, maybe another generation or two had come along since they had been eyewitnesses to Jesus' teaching. But John was different. Here's what makes John different. Um, first John, look in the first chapter of First John. John has a lot of credibility to what he writes about Jesus. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, he'd heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. So John was acquainted with Jesus. And here's what was going on in John's day. There were people that were believing that God, divinity, never existed in flesh, man, whom we call Jesus, the Messiah. They didn't believe that. Sound like anything anybody heard yesterday? So that lie is still breeding, growing. So we're here this morning by the Word of God to try the Spirit. To see if it is that Spirit of error or Spirit of truth. I want you to step back and I'm going to read you just a little parable. And it's going to help clear up for us the motivation for trying the spirits. 
to see if they be of God. Consider a parable. In a far-off kingdom, many years ago, a king desired to find a bride for his son. His only heir. One who would rule with him when he received the kingdom. Because the son was exemplary in every way, it was essential that the bride be worthy of her future husband. Unfortunately, there was no one in the entire universe who was worthy of his son. Consequently, the father determined that he would first select a bride, then make her a fit mate for his son. Oddly enough, the bride he chose was not only a commoner, but she lived in a kingdom far away, peopled by very wicked citizens. The bride was very much like the people that she dwelt among. But when she first met the prince, she fell in love with him. She even agreed to do whatever was necessary to be prepared for her future wedding. At her promise, the king announced the engagement of his son to her. And he sent his trusted friend to help and to groom her for the position that she one day would assume. The friend, although anyone else would have complained about the impossibility of his errand, sat out boldly and confidently to accomplish the job he had been sent to do. He is still working hard at his task today. Can we recognize in this story many of the elements of our own relationship to God? He is the Father of this story. Jesus is the Son. We are the bride-to-be, and the friend is, of course, the Holy Spirit. After we have been reconciled to the Father by accepting His Son, Jesus... It is the Holy Spirit's job to train and prepare us to be that spotless bride of Christ. That's why this message 
is vital to us today. Try the Spirit. Is it the Spirit of air trying to smudge the bride? Can you imagine a bride walking down the aisle with a big smudge? Soiled? I'll tell you folks, one day there will be a worthy bride that's been washed in the blood singing hallelujah. And it will be because He has sent His friend to groom us, to polish us, to fill us, to indwell us. Right foot, left foot, one thought, the next thought at a time. For the day, the trumpet shall blow. I get so, this chills go up my spine when I go to a, a huge graduation or something and all of a sudden the trumpets and the music begins to blast and the grandstands stand to their feet and filing down the aisles is the honored ones. And one day, it'll be that way. The trumpet shall blast. The archangels and the trumpet of God. And the bride's going to go because He sent His friend to prepare the bride. But there is in the world we live a spirit of error. And there is in the world we live the spirit of truth. And we are going to try by the Word of God the spirits today. Verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. I want to talk just a little bit about that word try. The word try, docimazo, docimazo or Ask Ethan how it is. means to test. And it's also a word... You, I have it printed out there on your handouts. Uh, the word docky means to watch, to prove, to, to try something. Try to stay with me on this. I think, I think that it, it might be a little easy this morning to, to think we're coasting. But I'm going to submit it's the other way around. We're about ready to leave this place and it's time to put the hammer down. And it's time to find out exactly how we're going to find out. So when we get where we're going, we're going to be where we want to be. It's not like we came in here and we just got a, a shot in the arm and then all of a sudden we just kind of... No way. We're going to go home with tools to work with. Here we go. I'm going to be called on the front line Tuesday morning to try and discern what am I hearing am I going to allow this I'm going to examine this spirit I'm going to test it prove it I'm going to scrutinize it I'm going to get my eyes on it I'm going to see what it sounds like whether it's genuine or not 
like they tested metals in the old days. It's a little bit like this. I'm going to keep on going. They tested things to recognize whether they were genuine, whether they were approved or deemed worthy. And the word try that we're going to be talking about this morning is from the word 1384 that they used to talk about testing metals, whether something was genuine. Now, let's just imagine for a little bit this morning that Leslie, I've made a deal with Leslie, and he's allowed me to have the black stick. And I've asked Leslie if I can start to work on his black stick. And I'm going to take that stick of ebony and I'm going to carve it out and make it ever so beautiful and ever so intricate and delicate. But it's going to take a real special sharp instrument like he said. So I'm going to take this instrument and I'm going to test it. And I, and I get it and I test it. And it really looks like it would be a great instrument to, to work with and, and a, a, great, a great knife. And I, and, I, and I test it. Nope. It's, it's not going to work on Leslie's black stick. It won't work. It didn't pass the test. And that's what that word try was. They, they would try things and it would, to see if it passed the test. And I thought, I have this here. And most, most ropes or things like this have some kind of a code on them or, or they've been tested for so many pounds. And this one just says it's made in China. So I don't know what that means. But, you know, we, we could test it. it, it would, it's got some tests to it. Uh, I see pictures of like super glue where they've, they've took a, a chain and, and glued it to the top of a tractor and they've pulled the whole tractor up in the air. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'd want I'd to prove it a little bit. That's what that word is, is we're going to prove it to find out whether or not it is genuine and authentic. Okay. In the ancient world, they didn't have the means to make money the way we do today. And so they would melt down metals and they would pour them into molds and things like that, but they were ended up being very soft metals and they would scrape them down to kind of get the rough edges off of them and uh, they would put them into circulation into their society. But what people begin to learn over time is that you could take a knife at home and you could also scrape your, your coins and you could scrape off just a, a little silver and a few shavings at home. And if you had a hundred uh, dimes or whatever it was, you could scrape off enough to maybe make your own dime. And so people would begin to scrape these coins. And what happened was is over the course of time, enough coins got scraped down to where they were no longer genuine. And the story that I read said that there were certain men in society and they were called docimos. They were men that were known to not exchange money unless it was weighed, it was accurate, and it was true. And that's what God is calling us to do this morning is to be the docimos to be the ones that make sure that this is accurate and it's true and it hasn't been shaved down over the years as we heard yesterday. Do we think that today that the apostles 
and, and the people that give their lives in the lion's den and were drowned in the fire and burned at the stake and were stoned with stones, that they were, that they were so ungenuine that we would know something better today. So be docimos. Let's test it for the genuine. And, and just before we get into our test, I've showed you and supplied you with some ways in which this word try is used. Just, just to kind of put a little paint on the picture. Luke 12.56 talks about Jesus saying to the hypocrites, you can try. You know, you know how to really discern the face of the sky. That's the same word as we're talking this morning. Try. You can try the face of the sky. And you can really get all into that. Oh, oh, it's going to be a good day tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we know. It's amazing to me how many people can tell you everything about their tractor, how many horsepower it is, and they can tell you everything about the, the uh, total digestible nutrients in their in their cow feed or their chicken ration or whatever it is. But when it, you open up the Bible around the Sunday dinner table, it might just kind of go quiet. So we can really discern what we want to discern. And I think Jesus has pointed out, oh, you, you know all about the sky and the weather, but there's some other things that He would suggest they should know. What about me? On and on. I probably won't go through all of them. He tells about, here's Luke 14, 19. Here's another man. He says, I've gone. He says, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. There's another one. To prove them. I'm going to see whether they're genuine. That's what the message is about this morning. Is to prove the spirit of something or someone whether it is genuine of truth or of error. <clears throat> and I'm going to suggest before we start the test that there's a couple ways of doing that. I thought about this. I could hold up this uh, CD I brought out of the room this morning and it says on the front in fact, I could do this. I will yeah, I'll open it up. And I will tell you, now here is a CD. And uh, this CD says, My Anchor Holds. Now let me tell you about this. Uh, it has some nice singing. In fact, one of the songs is Where He Leads, I'll Follow. And another song is My Anchor Holds. Come Gracious Spirit. I know that my Redeemer liveth, rock of ages. Are you washed in the blood? No, not one. Tell me the old story. Oh God, our help, come you. And on and on and on. Okay, now do you believe me or not? How do you know it's true? Okay. Case in point. Now, Ethan just chose to believe that it was true. And that's okay. How else would, could you know whether or not this was what I'm telling you is true? Lucy. 
Huh? What would you do with it in your computer? Yeah. And what would you do while you played it? Oh, you'd listen to it. Thank you. So, you've give yourselves an illustration this morning that there are several ways of discerning whether something is true. One is you can just believe it. Or two, you can try it. You can put it in and try it and say, I'll decide. I'll decide. And that's where we're going this morning. The spirit test. The first test we're going to talk about this morning in trying the spirit we're going to call the spirit test. Here we go again. And I also had a fresh revelation this morning I can't wait to share with you. If you think this sounds complicated, I think it is. But i got something that will fit you. Well, okay. <laughs> Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, I had a revelation. Sometimes I'd read a verse like that and think, that's way up here. That's for someone like our older brothers, Roman and Leslie. But I'm going to tell you, I had a thought, and it was a bad thought, right here at Bible school, right back in my dorm. And I'm going to tell you, I can't even think what that thought was right now. You know what happened? I just read this verse, getting ready for this message, and this thought came through my mind, and, and it was kind of like, the, it, it reminded me of uh, in the hospital, you've got these graphs going like this, you know. Uh, I don't know what you call them, but the monitors, and they're going to beep, 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 like your heart. And then, and then they flatline. This is revelation to me. I'm going to read it to you what happened right back in my room a while ago. This thought came in my mind and it, was, it shocked me. And I'm telling you, I don't have a clue to it. I could not. I'm like Nebuchadnezzar. I don't know what it was for the guy that dreamed. And I, I went to, my, to this notebook and I wrote it like this. Beloved, believe not every thought, but try the thoughts whether they are of God. Because many false thoughts are gone out into my mind. And that thought flatlined. And I to this moment don't know what it was. And I got up and got my pen and I wrote it down. I said, that's much too simple for, for deep teaching like this. But let me tell you, that's what's going to hit you Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. I will tell you by the Word of God, when a thought enters your mind next week, you ask yourself this question. Is it of God? Or is it of the world? And that skinny, puny little thought will be so embarrassed unless you say, come on in and stay. But when you put the searchlight of God's Word and God's authority on that thought, it will vanish and flatline. Or this book is a lie. And we just as well go over to the fireplace and throw them all in. Well, that's a rabbit trail. But that will reduce that verse down to the lowest common denominator. Well, let's get on with the message. Try the testing the Spirit. 
Does the Spirit... These are just questions I wondered. You're just walking along the study with me. Does the Spirit always mean the Holy Spirit? I wrote it out here for you. It looks to me like about 49 times or 47 times you'll find the same Greek word spirit referred to the evil spirit. Whoa, better put our ears up now. Now it's time to be listening. The bridegroom groomer has got some competition. There's some flirting going on out there. Flirting with and trying to court the Lord's bride. And that's you. Some sleazy little dirty hand just coming along over the bride's white gown. Some lice-ridden, wretched stench trying to flirt with the pure, clean bride. And we're called to give it the spirit test, all right? Here we go. Um, I'm suggesting for our study this morning that there's just two spirits in this study. As I see it, I just put down the spirit of error or the spirit of truth. And because that's the way our text ends up down the last part of verse 6, hereby we know the spirit of truth or the spirit of error. So I put in my notes two kinds of spirit. You've got the holy, you've got the evil. Now let's make it even different. You've got Christ and you've got Antichrist. And we think about the Antichrist being this someone that's going to come and this it'll be this great, revealed, horrible man. And I'm not getting into all of that. But let me tell you, the Bible said this morning the spirit of Antichrist is here already. That's why we're trying the spirits to see if they be of God or not. Now, back to our verse here. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God. Why? Because, what? How? Just a few, just here, a little scattered few. What does your Bible say there? How many? Many. So if there's many, many false prophet. Another word for a prophet. What's another word for prophet in the day we live? Teacher. And you go on. We'll just say, many false teachers or instructors are entered into the world. Even every single thing that I tell you or Joe tells you or Roman tells you or Leslie tells you or John Rumble tells you, you are called by the Word of God to try the spirit of the message that you hear to see if it, what? Be of God. True or false? No false spirit would ever claim to be true. False. False. Because the Bible stands open this morning in 2 Corinthians 11.14 and says it's no marvel that Satan himself is transformed into an angel of what? Notice how this, this... This kind of shocked me. I looked at it again this morning. The first word in our text this morning, who is this message about trying the spirit and spirit of error? Who, who is being addressed right here? And what's the first word 
in verse the beloved. Who's that? Is that you? Okay. If you're one of the beloved, hold up your hand this morning. Thank you. This message is to you, beloved. The charge is given to believers. What does that tell me about believers? That tells me that believers are susceptible to being deceived. That means when I hold up my hand as one of the beloved with the pure white gown, I am susceptible to that lice-ridden, filthy spirit of error that wants to soil my garment for the King's pure bride. Beloved, given to us, it tells us that we are susceptible to being deceived. And the faith doesn't always, the faith sometimes appears to be real. Alright, what are some buzzwords that we might hear? I'm just going to suggest some buzzwords that we might hear today. Buzzwords like, your best life now. Boy, I mean, I get a little more time than you do to tell your story, but yeah, one guy said, you know, to me, it's just like my best life now. That's it, my best life now. That's a buzzword that he had believed a lie, a lie from the pit. Uh, buzzwords like, here, here's the big one. Really look out for this one because this one appeals to the spirit and the flesh both. Well, I had a spiritual experience. And, and, and people do have spiritual experience. Apostle Paul had a great spiritual experience. But my name's not Paul. And I don't know how God is going to reveal himself to me. But it doesn't have to be just like it happened on the Damascus Road. And I think too many times we're going, I, somebody said about like the, the, with the mouth open wanting to be fed, we're going and, and waiting for this, this aha moment when the Spirit of God just comes down and knocks me off my feet in this great romantic love affair and swoops me right into the arms of Jesus and I just go on this spiritual daydreamy honeymoon eating and drinking and being merry and then, you know, uh, health, wealth and God's kids have it good and I go home to be with Jesus. That's, uh, th- that's exaggerated. But be careful. That spirit exists. And I think that when you read the martyrs and things like that, we're, we're not in the... In, this is saying there's something we need to test, all right? Um, buzzwords, fulfillment, good times, great life. And I learned this from the pastor that sits next to me, a, a spiritual buzzword I thought I heard him say the other day was, let's party down. Good works, morality, disciplines, giving, serving, helping out. A man told me yesterday, I had a whole group of Portuguese men and my wife kept pulling me back and pulling me back. I think she thought I was getting too loud. I don't know. I kept saying, why are you trying to pull me back? Where was such a hurry to go somewhere for? And this guy, he finally said, he says, you've got to be as good as Jesus. You've got to be as good as Jesus. I said, but what if you miss it just one mark? Well, he said, I don't know, but you've got to be as good as Jesus. You've got to be as good as Jesus. And he had a lot of spirituality in him. But he's not going to be as good as Jesus without crashing and resting on Jesus. He just wouldn't go there. All right. Um, True or false? Nowadays, with Internet and all the available resources and learning, this is not a problem. False. Why is this message so urgent? I'll tell you why it's urgent. 
you put your finger back here on verse 1 and it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because, because, what's the next word? Many. Many false prophets have entered into the world. That's why this message is urgent. Well, if it's so urgent, I need to get moving, don't I? Uh, do the math. This, this was written, John wrote this in, in maybe 90, and it's maybe 1,900 years since then. If it was urgent in John's day, multiply that times 1,992 years or whatever it is, and it's more urgent today, may I suggest, Because the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 and 1, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. devils. Try the Spirit. Spirit of air or Spirit of truth. Okay. I remember going in Kansas City to what I thought then was one of the largest used Christian bookstores in, the, in the America. And I was looking at some books. Never been there before. Wife was with me. And this gentleman came up who owned the store and he said, excuse me, sir. I looked up at him and he says, I'm telling you right now, the books you want aren't going to be in this section. They're going to be down, back, around. And he showed me some back room. He says, back there are the books that men wrote when God told them to write books. He says, all the books you're looking at are books that, that, that presses and, and publishers have solicited authors to write so they can make money. You know, I don't know how he knew that about me. He'd never seen me before. I lived an hour from there. But there's something about our spirits that connected with his. And he says, you want the books back there. All right. Um, because there are deceiving spirits in the world. All right. What's some test questions? What's some test questions? This is what I'm going to give you some test questions. Okay, number one, where does the counsel come from? If someone's giving you counsel, where is it coming from? Isaiah 31 says, Woe unto the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and to cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. And they add sin to sin. Does the counsel love what God loves and hate what God hates? I think that's about as plain as you can get it. And if it doesn't love what God loves and hate what God hates, then it's sin on sin. Number two, does it testify of Jesus or not? Does it testify? This is the spirit test. Does this spirit that I'm listening to inside of this man, inside of this teacher, inside of this instructor, inside of this friend, or inside of this acquaintance, inside of this professor, does this spirit testify of Jesus or not? When, my, when the comforters come, whom I will send, the Father, He'll testify of me. Does this spirit love what God loves and hate what God hates? Number three, does it glorify Christ or not? That's always the test. Does the Spirit glorify Christ or not? Number four, does it prove, does it reprove the world of sin? Number five, does it guide me into all truth? These are all sermons of their own. You have to move on. Let's move to the confession test. The confession test. Verse two of this chapter. Hereby know ye the Spirit of truth. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And 1 Corinthians 12 and 3 says, I give you to understand that no man speaking but by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and no man can say that Jesus is the Lord 
but by the Holy Ghost. So, pretty good test. Pretty plain. All right. So, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to show us the things of God and to magnify Christ. The unholy spirit will not confess Jesus come in the flesh. So let's keep moving. What does confess mean? It means to agree with. It means to agree that Jesus came in the flesh. I'm fast forwarding. It means to that we believe in the incarnation. And the word Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. In your notes there, I have a blank. The word Christ means Messiah, the anointed of God. Confessing Christ means He is the fulfillment of all Scriptures and He is sent from God to earth. And here's the whole thing. This is vitally important to us because if we miss this, we've missed everything. If Jesus is not God, if we just believe that, well, He was a good man or... Uh, we just don't connect him with God. If we miss that, there was nobody. Somebody had to keep the law. God, God had a law. Someone had to keep it. No man could keep it. But he came and he kept it, and he satisfied. He satisfied. His, he became just and the justifier of them which believeth in him. I wish I had more time with that. I'm doing that very injustice. <clears throat> the angel when the angel came to Joseph and began to confess to Joseph, there, there's going to be a child born in Mary and this child will be, be uh, uh, conceived of the Holy Ghost. I have a true or false question. He was quoting Scripture, so he has to be from God. It is possible to quote the Word of God without the Holy Spirit of God. We found that yesterday. Verse 3. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and that is that spirit of Antichrist, whereby you have heard that it should come, and even now is already in the world. The fault says that Jesus is not a Savior. The fault says that Jesus is not Christ. The fault says that Jesus is not come from God. The false will say He's a great man. The false will say He's not... He, he maybe is not even sinless. The false say he's somebody that lived close to God. The false would say that he died a martyr's death. Um, the false would say that the resurrection was not physical but only spiritual, and it makes a complete mess. Now I'm going to tell you, for a little bit yesterday, I talked to a man that was so intelligent that I'm going to tell you, if I would have begun to give my mind to listen to him a little bit, I'd have got a, I would have got a checker right on the board. He, he was so swift and so intelligent that I just have to somehow come back to bedrock and, and know whom I choose to believe um, and, and make sure that I know that that thought is of God or not. Because if I begin to buy into that, you know what we got? If we begin to buy into that, we have a mess. We have no sacrifice. We have no way to be perfect. You, you know what I, I told the guy yesterday? If this was a mirror, okay, he just could, if this was a mirror, all right, I want God to see me like this. I would put the mirror up so when God looks at me, He will only see what? If this is a mirror, what will He see? He'll see Himself. That's, what the, that's the real essence of the Bible. God to look at me 
because of my faith in Jesus Christ that He became man, He looks at me and He can see Himself. That's the only way I've got. The only, only way I stand to make it is that God see Himself. Otherwise, I have none of that if I just believe that Jesus... If I were talking about this test of the, um, the, the confession test, if I believe that... Um, he was just a man. I have no forerunner. I have no forgiveness. I have no fellowship. I have no hope. I have no boldness. I have no eternal life. On and on. We met an old pastor, Judy and I did, an old pastor up in Wenatchee one night. And, oh, I just instantly found out where his uh, religious roots were. <laughs> I just thought, I was just going to bind with him. And, and he got to tell me, he says, our group is really getting diversified. He said, we can discuss anything. And I just made this... I thought it was an absurd comment, and I thought, well, we'll come to common ground here. I said, well, truly everybody in your fellowship at least believes in the virgin birth and, and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He is a complete sacrifice. Well, he said, you know, he said, I don't know whether we can say that anymore or not. And, and he acted like that was a new level of arriving because they could communicate so good among themselves. I just want to scream, Ichabod! Alright. Let's talk about the, 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 uh, the self-test. The self-test. We give the spirit test, this confession test, can they confess Jesus as the Son of God? What about, what about the self-test? In the fourth verse, this is the self-test. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And this is kind of the self-test. I heard yesterday that the battery went off in, the, uh, in this little machine here. And uh, if you took a flashlight and you held it up, we have one over in our room, and you turn it on, you know, my point is what really overcomes the dark. It isn't the case of the light. It isn't the lens of the light. It isn't the light bulb. It isn't, it isn't anything about the structure of this light. It's whether the battery works inside. So it's what's inside really is what overcomes the darkness. And that's the way what we're seeing here. Give ourselves a test. Give myself a test. Um, John talks about... Uh, um, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who is in me? Is it the spirit of error? Spirit of truth. Spirit of truth is in me. It's the power to overcome the spirit of error. Because greater is me that's in greater is he that's in me than in the world. And I'm gonna say, if I can't go out Monday morning and walk in victory and the spirit of Christ is in me, this book is a lie. Because this book says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's the self test. We can talk about the spirit test, you can talk about the confession test, but what about me? What about the self-test? We can wait, look way out there. What about me? Um, the self-test. Who shows themselves greatest most often? He in me or he that's in the world? I don't know. If, if greater is he that's in me than he is in the world, who shows himself the greatest to me most often? Where do I cave in at? I don't know. This is a discussion I'd like to hear. True or false? Uh, I'll give you a quick test. See how it comes out. True or false? It should be as impossible to conquer me as it would be to conquer God. Is that true or false? I, I, 
you know, we're, we're kind of... What do you think? You're straining. I'm kind of that way too. I kind, you know, I, I don't know. I just like to think about it. I, I think it's true. It, it should be giving, deflecting all the glory to God and me completely dead to myself in that situation that the same power is in me. He in me. And if greater is me, he that's in me than he is in the world, then theologically, it should be as impossible to overcome me as it is him. But you can chew it around. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I don't know. It's It's my what? Oh, no. I, that's what I want to do. Create discussion. Okay. Um, it, I think we're going to have to move to the next test, the follower test. Verse 5. Now we're going to look at the followers. So, you know, you can look at the, uh, you can look at the Spirit. You can look at the confessions. You can look at myself. You, can, you know, I need the test too. But another way to test spirits is just look at the kind of people that are following along. Look at the kind of people. Uh, observe something from followers of leaders, from followers of, of shepherds, from um, what's it look like. Um, verse 5 says, they are of the world. These are the followers of different spirits. They are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. All right, so they reveal their homeland. Their homeland is the world. They're worldly. They're, that's the crowd of followers that follow the false teacher. Um, they teach by reaching God, by doing good works, religious, or avoiding God. Man saves himself through intellect. Well, I'll tell you about this fellow I met yesterday. I, I'm going to call him a different name than he had. Uh, these are recorded. This man yesterday, he was a... He was a very refined musician. And I'll call him John. And he, he had a cross on. And my theory is, is anybody's got a cross, they're going to get a question from me. And I say, excuse me, sir, I ask you a question. He said, yeah. I said, well, can you tell me why you've got that cross on there? And he says, well, I'm a Christian. I said, oh, really? Well, what does that mean to you? Well, he said, you should know I'm Catholic. I said, oh, so is a Catholic different than a Christian? Well, <clears throat> he said, really, you should know that I'm Gnostic. He says, I believe that, that it's not by faith that you are saved. It's by what you know and how much you know. I said, well, what happens if you don't know just enough? How much is enough? Well, he said, he, he, said, you, you, he stumbled. He said, well, just tell me that if, if I'm laying dead in front of you and I've got 60 seconds to live and I cry out to you, I'm dead, I'm going to hell, I'm dying, I'm going to hell, and I want to go to heaven, can you tell me how to get there? He said, I don't know. I don't know. Now, this is a Gnostic. But what he did to me is he showed me this is one of the followers of the false spirit of error. He knows he's going to get to heaven by what he knows, but he doesn't know how to tell me to get there. That's pretty simple math. Well, if I can, um, the follower, here's the deal. If I can ever buy in to this false spirit and I ever get it, I can dismiss God in the flesh. 
I'm free to find my own way to God however I deem. I heard so much of that yesterday. I can stumble around and it's no big deal. God understands. You know, there's, there's just... Uh, it, it, it's just nothing matters. I can make provision for the flesh and on and on and on. i got a green light to fulfill every beastly lust I could ever imagine. Think nothing of it. A full free ride. Okay, let's look at the other followers. Um, do justice to everyone here. There's more followers in this verse, in this chapter. Verse 6. Oh, here's some more followers. Here's the other spirit. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You know the jetliner? How many of you came in here on jet? A few of you, yes. That jetliner, every piece of that thing was tested and tried. Give you a good ride in here. We all come in an automobile. Every piece of that thing has been tested and tried. That little bridge you came across out here has been tested and tried. My grandpa used to tell me about the days when they would thrash with the, with the steam engine. And he says, a, a farmer says, yeah, you can make it across that bridge on the steamer. And, and the man driving the steam engine, he says, then I'll get off and you drive it over the bridge. You test it. Folks, we've got a chasm to cross. It's not been crossed yet. And there's a tested way in Jesus Christ to cross the chasm. But it's going to require us to take take every thought, the spirit of truth, spirit of error. Take it. We're going to wind this up. How do we know which spirit? I'm going to suggest look at the path of the follower. That's in closing this section. Look at the followers. Who are they? Can we try a spirit by the followers? Yes, I think we can. John has that here. I wish I had more time to tell you. J. Oswald Sanders said, writing in his book on spiritual leadership, said this, If those who hold influence over others fail to lead toward the spiritual uplands, then surely the path to the lowlands will be well worn. People travel together. No one lives detached and alone. And I'm saying in summary, how many spirits are there? The spirit of and the spirit of which path have I been following? If I am a follower of the spirit of truth path, it will lead me to see the person of the Holy Spirit and who He is and know what He does and understand how He does it and review the filling. It will lead me to being filled with the Holy Spirit and review the filling the result of the filling, the reason for the filling, and the receiver of the filling, and the realization of the filling. If I'm a follower of the Spirit of Truth path, I will be walking in the Holy Spirit as a call to holiness in the midst of conflicting powers and as a thought-by-thought choice and as a testimony that I've been born again. If I'm a follower of the Spirit of Truth path, it will lead me to grieve not the Spirit, resist not the Spirit, quench not the Spirit. If I'm a follower of the Spirit of Truth path, it will lead me to try the Spirit's by the spirit test, by the confession test, by the self-test, by the follower test, and the opposite is also true. If I am not a follower of the spirit of truth, I will be a follower of the spirit of air path, and it will lead away from the person of the Holy Spirit and who He is and know what He does. It will lead away from understanding how He does it. 
If I'm not a follower of the Spirit of Truth, I'll be a follower of the Spirit of Air Path, and it will lead away from being filled with the Holy Spirit and reviewing the filling and the result of the filling and the reason for the filling and the receiver of the filling and the realization of the filling. It will lead me away from walking in the Spirit of the call to holiness in the midst of conflicting powers as a thought-by-thought choice. It will lead me away from having a testimony that I've been born again. It will lead me away from not grieving the Spirit. It will lead me away and cause me to resist the Spirit and to quench the Spirit. I will not want to try the spirits by the spirit test, the confession test, by the self-test, or by the follower test. And I'm going to end up where we started the other morning. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Okay, I've examined the spirit of truth and the spirit of error today. And in my own walk, I've looked at these. What is my prayer to God about trying the spirit of air or spirit of truth. You may take a few minutes and write that prayer to God.